Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thank you for making us your first listen of the day. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to stay up to date on the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. We're available every day on platforms like Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and the Odyssey app. Subscribing and following is free and ensures you never miss another episode. Tonight's show is brought to you by Fantrax. Fantrax is free. NHL Fantasy Hockey League Manager is the most customizable, easy-to-use, and feature-rich platform in the industry. Sign up for free at Fantrax.com slash locked on. On tonight's show, uh, we're going to talk about Calgary versus Winnipeg and some interesting thoughts on how the preseason has shaped up, my general impression of the overall changes and whether or not they seem super effective, and maybe some signs of improvement, maybe some players I'm hoping for a little bit more from, and uh, ultimately, some storylines I think we might see throughout the season. So, heading into tonight, the Jets were still without Mark Shifley. Uh, He's currently out of the lineup as they're testing a couple of different combos because, of course, Shifley still has to serve as one-game suspension, and uh, as that will be starting at the very beginning of this uh, next season, the Jets did a little bit of tuning up tonight without him in the lineup. So, Paul Stastny got the nod with Connor and Wheeler, which this line, yeah, I mean, it exists. I think the biggest problem for, you know, the, the top unit in particular is that Without Shifley, you notice the lack of foot speed even more. And I think Wheeler over the past couple of years has definitely slowed down. But like this preseason, I feel like Wheeler has just really struggled to keep up. And in tonight's game against Calgary, you know, this first period, Winnipeg was dominant almost from the puck drop. I think Winnipeg was out shooting them like 12-1 at one point. But unfortunately for Blake, he just wasn't really able to be that effective. He had a shot on goal or something and a couple of decent passes, but... Overall, it just seemed like he was struggling to keep up, and it's a shame because there was a time when Blake was such a driving force down the middle and could really cut outside in and basically cause absolute havoc inside the slot. He was incredibly strong at driving towards the net and creating tons of uh, low slot chaos and uh, quite a few goals off of that, so you know that was a hallmark of his game and that kind of is gone now. He's not really the same as he used to be, and I feel like this preseason for me has cemented the fact that he needs to maybe get a reduced role, which I I hate saying for the captain, but it ultimately feels like Blake's best days have long since passed. I've mentioned it in previous episodes that, honestly, he should be somewhere on the third or even second line, and even like a reduction of five minutes or so every night might really do him a world of good. I know that he wants to be a a high-end contributor and one of the most important players on the ice, but it just feels like where he is at this stage of his career and what the Jets need it's a little bit divergent, and I feel like Winnipeg is, is really trying to force it, same as he is. They both want him to be a really active contributor, but at the stage, it's just not really happening. He's going to pot like 60-plus points on the virtue of being on a very good line with Shifley and Connor in terms of you know scoring at even strength and on the power play, but in terms of like what his actual play-driving ability is, it's just not there anymore. I honestly think he would actually work pretty well as a center. When he played center uh, a couple of seasons ago, it actually went well because you didn't have to be super, super fast down the middle. You could take a more patient approach and pick your shooting and passing lanes with more care, and you didn't have to be somebody driving from outside to create that space, right? You're cutting down the center, you're looking for more of a passing and distribution role, and as a more central creator, which I think for Blake he'd be really good at. And defensively, he actually does 
when he's feeling his best have a decent impact. You know, if he's able to track his his marks decently well and not have to engage in a serious foot race with them, that tends to be how he's actually able to contribute at the other end of the ice. And he can shut down rushes and stuff using his big frame if he's able to stay ahead of his opponents. So I feel like as a center, Wheeler might actually be pretty okay. We aren't going to see that though, especially anytime soon. So for the time being, we're going to see Connor Stastny Wheeler first and then Connor Shifley Wheeler once Shifley is unsuspended, which... Yeah, I mean, we all know what's going to happen with this line. It's not really a shocker. I thought this line tonight with Connor and Stastny and Wheeler all working together, it wasn't terrible. I just really wasn't impressed in the first period. It felt like subsequent lines were maybe a little bit more impressive. The Ehlers unit in particular was really buzzing. I felt like Nick and Dubois were actually doing pretty good work together. These guys are starting to find some chemistry, and it's nice when they could find themselves in open spaces. Calgary didn't exactly dress um, a particularly strong lineup tonight, so... I felt like there were more gaps uh, compared to what we're usually used to, to the point that even Nate Beaulieu was in completely wide open space, and Ehlers found him with a great cross-lot pass that Beaulieu just blasted, almost for a goal, but uh, actually got denied on this one. And then, you know, on other shifts, we saw a cop getting involved with down-low chances as Ehlers and Dubois were both looking to really cut that seam apart right in front of uh, Dan Vleder and, and Net. It was at times like watching the Harlem Globetrotters basically just passing around the opponents. Calgary really couldn't keep up, and you could tell that frustration was setting in. Uh, Andrew Mangiapane, who was probably one of Calgary's better players tonight, took a bit of a reckless cross-checking because, again, he was kind of pissed off, and you could see in the body language, it, you know, Calgary was just sort of irritated, Things weren't really going well, um, and they kind of took it out and got a nasty little cross-check in a period in which they were already down 2-0. One of the goals, of course, was uh, that Nikola Ehlers line. He just sort of drove a nice neutral zone transition, came into the offensive zone, and basically ripped a slapper from near the top of the, the left faceoff circle. Vladar didn't really seem to know what was going on, didn't really see it, and it just beat him cleanly. One of the other goals was a Harkins, Veselainen, and Lowry goal. Although the actual goal itself was credited to Josh Morrissey, there was a good forecheck from Veselainen who was along the walls. Um, somehow Lowry and, and I think it was Harkins got involved. I don't know who all is going to be credited with the goal just because it felt like Morrissey got the last shot, but there were a couple of touches in between where maybe Veselainen deserves one of the assists. I think Harkins technically got credit in his stead, but Veselainen might have been the one to touch it along the walls. Morrissey just stepped into the right face-off circle area and found a good shooting lane. This is kind of what we need to see more of from him because, let's be honest, when it comes to his defensive markings and stuff, I feel like that part of his game is still a, a bit lacking, but he has scored a couple of goals. It seems like he's activating smartly and aggressively inside the offensive zone. He's taken a couple of decent shots, but not necessarily against the world's best netminder, so maybe some of the stuff that we're seeing from him isn't going to translate this year, um, and certainly once we get to the regular season. But for the time being, we have to look for any sorts of positive news and improvement that we can, and if he starts scoring goals and can kind of at least outweigh some of his defensive issues, I think I can kind of limit my grousing. That would certainly be the most ideal situation for Winnipeg, because let's be honest, uh, Schmidt and Morrissey are probably not going to be a shutdown pairing, so you're really going to need them to uh, outscore some of their issues and lapses. We'll see if they're capable of doing that this year. I'm hoping the answer is yes, but I'm not going to expect a ton. If Morrissey can notch a couple of points here and there and, and score some goals, uh, especially from really good and smart activations, for me that'd probably be the most ideal state. Obviously, I'm not really expecting a lot from him this year, um, but I, I just want him to be in a better spot. I feel like 
the past couple of years career-wise have been on a bit of a downswing, and uh, certainly I know he's going through some really difficult personal stuff, so if he can find some success this year, I'd be happy for him. Overall, though, you know, most of the team in this opening period didn't really have to sweat too much. I felt like the Jets were thoroughly in control, and I was curious to know if they would keep their foot on the pedal in the second period, or if they would start to back off a bit. But before we talk about period number two, I thought you should hear a little bit about Shopify. Cha-ching! I love that sound. It's the sound of a hot and fresh sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business, so upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. I love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. You can reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. Gain detailed insights as you grow with reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and more. Shopify grows with you. This is Possibility powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash lockedonnhl, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash lockedonnhl right now. That's shopify.com slash lockedonnhl. Hockey fans, I'm going to give you the inside track on fantasy hockey. It's called Fantrax. Fantrax's free NHL Fantasy Hockey League Manager is the most customizable, easy-to-use, and feature-rich platform in the industry. Sign up for free today and get a special offer for Locked On Winnipeg Jets fans. You'll be entered to win an official NHL-signed Nathan McKinnon jersey. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash LockedOn and sign up. With Fantrax, you can have fantasy your way. Whether you want an ultimate keeper, dynasty, redraft league, or even more, the options are endless. Coming from another service? No problem. Fantrax can import any of your current leagues and customize if needed. Make a mistake during drafts or trades? Fantrax gives commissioners all the tools and power they need to make sure their fantasy experience is the smoothest in the industry. Whether you want to set up fantasy leagues for football, baseball, basketball, college basketball, college football, golf, soccer, and more, Fantrax has you covered. I've been running a Fantrax Dynasty team for years, and I highly recommend it to you too. There's never been a better time to get into the game, so go sign up for free today. And again, when you do, you're automatically entered to win an official NHL signed Nathan McKinnon jersey. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash LockedOn and sign up today. That's Fantrax.com slash LockedOn. Fantrax, the home of fantasy sports. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. As always, thanks for making us your first listen of the day. We're recapping Winnipeg versus Calgary, one of the last preseason games before the Jets take a bit of a hiatus and then return for the start of the regular season later this month. This game, uh, the first period, of course, the Jets dominated. They were up 2-0. And then the second period, the Jets kind of continued to dominate for at least the first few minutes. And then the uh, the tone of the game seemed to shift a bit. There was a bit of a physical altercation where Blake Coleman hooked uh, Janssen Harkins, and then for no particular reason, then cross-checked Harkins' head basically into the sideboards. The game definitely got very physical. There were some really naughty hits and things that, quite honestly, I don't know how uh, Coleman wasn't ejected for. And then from there, it just seemed like Winnipeg had sort of slowed down. And, uh, of course, Calgary took advantage of some, like, really weird chaotic situations with the Jets' defense. Nate Beaulieu had abandoned his post alongside uh, Dylan DeMello. Dylan kind of got caught because he had no expectation of Beaulieu just being somewhere else that wasn't his man marking. And it allowed Matthew Tuchuk to find Glenn Gauden in the slot right behind DeMello for an easy goal. I don't know what Beaulieu was doing, but he wasn't really marking anywhere where he was supposed to be and, and making random switch-ups that I don't think were really clearly communicated, which we're pretty much used to at this point. It's part of Beaulieu's game, unfortunately. 
and uh, and then Bowie actually got a penalty, and I think it was on this power play that Calgary then scored. Uh, a bit of a deflected shot from Andrew Mangiapane. I think it flicked off of somebody's back heel. Looked like a jet from the replay. But Winnipeg just sort of stepped off the gas, and from there it was tied, and you could sort of tell that uh, Calgary was kind of coming back a little bit in this game. Winnipeg had been flying for most of the opening 25 or 30 minutes, so I did expect the Jets to sort of let off the gas at some point, but it's kind of like a little disappointing that the Jets were struggling this much. And I wouldn't really call it like struggling, struggling. It's more like they just sort of slowed down a bit. But as the uh, the second period continued to wind down, the last seven or so minutes started to tilt really heavily back in Winnipeg's favor. It felt like they were creating more uh, low slot chances. They were more aggressive. Winnipeg was starting to find its skating legs again. And, you know, not super shocking when you're kind of chasing a game that you had to lead in and suddenly you find yourself tied on a little bit of misfortune and, and certainly some silly plays and mistakes. But overall, I mean, I don't think Winnipeg was too concerned. This is the sort of game where you're just trying to get through without injuries. For some reason, every time Winnipeg plays Calgary, it's just a severe mess and guys are, are knocked around and banged up. And like I know, Daryl Sutter hockey is very much a bang and crash kind of hockey style, very physical. Um, he, he likes to profess this whole defensive doctrine and stuff like that, and certainly a lot of very grindy four checkers, but even still, it's always weird when Winnipeg suddenly has like a guy breaking his collarbone, and uh, certainly a couple of other players have been seriously injured against Calgary, very annoying. So you could just sort of tell that this game uh, for Winnipeg was mostly a dominate where you can and get through it unscathed. It was very physical. The second period didn't really let up, and I was kind of worried that heading into the third period, the Jets would kind of tire out and maybe be a little bit too banged up. Even though they were certainly creating more, they weren't really getting as many um, perfect shots off. It felt like Calgary was blocking a lot of stuff. Vladar made a couple of really good saves, and uh, overall, yeah, I mean, it was just kind of like a lackluster middle period. The Jets weren't really as effective as I was hoping they would be. Uh, but of course, they still had another period to sort of clean up their act and get through it. But uh, as for the rest of the regular season, I guess if this kind of pace is, is how the Jets intend to play, I think I'd be pretty happy. Winnipeg playing a really up-tempo, high-octane, much faster offense and fast counter sort of style of hockey, for me at least, would be really effective. I think it'd make a lot of sense to match that with what the Jets roster currently looks like. Uh, I think with the kind of skill that Winnipeg can put out there, it's a good style, and the Jets' defense was very aggressive offensively, so I like to see them jumping into the play and creating more chances. Even though it wasn't always effective yet, I still think that's the way you have to go. You know, you're not going to be defending many situations in your own end, and certainly even up by trying to cut stuff off, not necessarily the most effective option for the Jets. So if you're going to struggle to shut down opposing counters and opposing offensive zone possessions, then try and outscore it as much as possible. And I feel like guys like Schmidt and some of these other players, you know, Neil Pionk certainly is is one of those kinds of guys. Josh Morrissey can score as well. Um, let them be more offensively aggressive and ambitious. Give your forwards more support. And honestly, it might be uh, might be enough to sort of paper over some of the defensive issues. I don't think it's going to be perfect, but it'll be better than nothing. We'll take a look at whether or not the Jets were able to stay aggressive and kind of finish out this game in the third period, maybe even come out with a win. But before we go any further, I wanted to tell you a little bit about why Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. 
Are you someone who loves protein bars? Are you tired of all of your favorite protein bars tasting like ash and dirt? Maybe you're ready for a change. And as a fellow protein bar appreciator, I can tell you that Built Bar is your best alternative. It's the only protein bar that tastes more like a candy bar, with a 100% chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. It comes in several delicious flavors like salted caramel, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, and so many other great flavors. Built Bar often releases very special, limited edition, limited quantity flavors that once they're gone, they're gone for good, so stay tuned to their social media platforms and their website to make sure you never miss another flavor. As delicious as Built Bars are, they're even better for you, with most bars clocking in at around 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, and 17 to 18 grams of protein. Built Bars are perfect for every lifestyle, whether you're looking to maintain or lose weight. Placing your order couldn't be easier. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Built.com. Place your order today for the best tasting protein bar on the market. When it comes to the wild, wild west of online betting, you need to know that there's a safe, reliable name that you can trust every single time. That's why you should put your trust in BetOnline.ag. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action coming up. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, open now at BetOnline. What's not to love? From football, basketball, boxing, and more, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. And as always, don't forget to use your promo code LOCKEDON to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. BetOnline is where the game starts. Head on over to betonline.ag to register for your free account and start winning today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Hello friends and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day. We are closing out tonight's thoughts on preseason between Calgary and Winnipeg. The Jets actually managed to win this one 3-2 thanks to a second Nikolai Ehlers goal. This one was a beautiful, a little bit of a screen snipe. He actually nutmegged a defender and then went through the five hole on the goalie. Vladar never really saw the shot. And thanks to a screen from his own defender, the Jets were able to take the lead. In this third period, I thought Winnipeg looked more aggressive. In general, they were just better. Uh, They found their skating legs a bit, but there were a couple of very close calls defensively speaking. I think Winnipeg still has to figure out how to balance their newfound aggression without putting out some defensive pairs that are are maybe not well-equipped to handle a lot of shutdown situations. Uh, I think seeing Schmidt and Morrissey out there when Calgary pulled the goalie for the extra man, not really the pairing I would turn to. I'd probably look at putting Dylan and DeMello together, not just for the fun naming stuff, but because those guys are more defensively attuned to these sorts of details. And if they were to play together, I think they would actually be pretty safe when it comes to those final last few seconds. Uh, Actually, Calgary did technically score for about maybe two minutes. Um, It was a bit of a breakdown sequence. I don't exactly know where uh, Morrissey and Schmidt were on this whole play, but um, either way, Cop was desperately trying to palm the, the puck away, ended up deflecting off of him, Hellebuck was rolling in his crease, and the puck crosses the line. But, thanks to video review, the Jets actually got bailed out because Matthew Tuchuk had touched the puck with a high stick earlier in the sequence, which ended up nullifying it. The Jets then had the empty net staring at them, Cop and Lowry had rushed up the ice, Lowry led the charge, Cop had the puck, and actually had the open net to shoot at, but they were trying to give Nikolai Ehlers the hat trick, 
Somehow, Ehlers had lost his stick, and it set up a counter for very nearly what was almost another tying goal. It actually would have been really funny. I probably would have laughed if that happened. Sometimes generosity can come to bite you in the butt, but this time the Jets got away with it. Overall, this game was kind of funny. Winnipeg definitely dominated, but I don't think that they were super clinical. Uh, I think Pierre-Luc Dubois, for me, was one of the players I was hoping for more from. A couple of sequences, he really struggled. I felt like his power play work just wasn't great. Um, but thankfully, Nikolai Ehlers had a monster game, as he does. I mean, he, he continues to be Winnipeg's one of their top two players. Um, some will say he's the best. Uh, it's probably hard to really pit him against Connor Hellebuck when Hellebuck provides so much pure value from the amount of saves and games he can win you. I love them both, and I don't really have to choose between uh, which of these two guys I'm going to pick as my favorite, so I thought both were, uh, you know, not too bad tonight. Ehlers, in particular, had a monster outing. I thought his passing and distribution looked great. Uh, Calgary gave Winnipeg lots of space, and Winnipeg seemingly took all of that space with a lot of aggression. This is not something that we often see with this team, especially when Maurice doesn't really trust the defense to handle a lot more aggressive rushes up the ice, and, and certainly Schmidt has been helpful with that. In general, though, it just seems like the back end for Winnipeg pushes up a lot more aggressively. I felt like inside the offensive zone, when Winnipeg's attackers are usually isolated, this time they actually had more puck support. I thought that there were more outlets for the guys to pass to. This is how the Jets should probably play, because defensively, I think they're still going to struggle, and uh, they need to look at creating more offense and scoring quickly and early to try and put this one mostly to bed before they get into serious trouble. If the Jets have to spend a lot of extended shifts inside the defensive zone, it's going to be a rough outing. So Winnipeg, uh, push for offense, be aggressive, and I think they still have the firepower to go toe-to-toe with most of the top teams out there. So if they can just continue to be this fast-paced, aggressive team, I think that there's a lot to like for the season, and uh, we have one more preseason game remaining where we'll check out what exactly the Jets close out with, and we'll see what kind of lineups they generate, and it'll give us a teaser for this upcoming regular season. For tonight's podcast, though, that is going to do it. Thanks for making Locked On Winnipeg Jets your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Scott Cullen leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all your favorite podcasting platforms. And as always, thanks for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.